What's up, guys? Welcome back to Transformers in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie in the Transformers universe. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the man in the hat, Nick Scarpino. Ahoy, hoy. The man with the dog, Kevin Coelho. And the man who, for the first time I've ever seen, got the screen flip thing, so his bed's on the other side, Andy Cortez. I think it's the virtual camera, OBS virtual camera. Hmm. Is that really how your bed's supposed to be? Is your bed really to your left? No, it's somewhere right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we do this show live every week here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, we're doing two in review series at a time. Right now, this is uh concluding our Transformers. Um, next Friday, we will return with Lord of the Rings, but on Tuesdays, we're continuing to do the Kevin Smith View Ask Universe. Um, that's super fun. You can get the show later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to listen to it, you can go to your favorite podcast service and search for kind of funny reviews. If you want to get the show ad free, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers did. I'm talking about Muhammad Muhammad, Cameron Reagan, Steve Powers, Lee Polero, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Kieran O'Donnell, Drew Gardnier, and Al, the Predator Tribesman. Thank you all very much for your support. Today, gentlemen, we're talking about Transformers the movie. Kevin, the 1986 why is, why is Tim way down there on the bottom right? Am I low? Am I in a weird place? It looks like a, like you're in a Mr. Robot spot. It looks like you're like you're in Mr. Robot, like the bottom left of the frame. You know, I would, Kevin, I want you to subtly just shrink Tim's window for the next three weeks until we get back to the point where he's really small. The rest of us are just uber giants over him. Similar to those to the ants or the ants. Is that how you say it? In Lord of the Rings, Andy, the big tree things that the are in the movies. Remember, they talk for like a whole day and it's like, we've just finished the introductions. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, this is it's a great so plot great. point. I, think I guess Sam lot, will just keep a... waiting. Was it Sam? Yeah. No, I think it no, was no, no. Uh, Mary and Pippin. Yeah, Mary and Pippin. Pippin. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think in many ways that's an analogy for the movie, which is basically that J.R. Tolkien is just fucking trolling Nick, everyone. Nick, just wait one week. Just wait one week. That is firing up the cylinders, Andy, baby. Your, your week's next week, week, okay? This is my last week, and this is the one I've been waiting. I've been waiting 30 years to be able to talk about this movie on some type of content, and I'm very excited about this, guys. We're talking about Transformers, the movie. It came out August 8th, 1986, uh, three years before I was born, but they then re-released the movie for Generation 2 when I saw it in 1995, and that broke my heart. Uh, directed by Nelson Shin. In the 1970s, Shin worked as an animator at the DePatty Freeling Enterprises in Marvel Productions, where he worked on the Pink Panther films. Nick, what are your thoughts on the Pink Panther films? I, I could never, I never understood the Pink Panther films when I was a kid. Obviously, Peter Sellers is a fucking god if you, if, if, you know, if you're a fan of that kind of content. But like when I watched them, I always wanted, I was like, I want this to be about an actual animated Pink Panther. Not but it diamond. wasn't. The Pink Panther was always a diamond that someone was trying to steal. And Peter Sellers was always trying to trying to stop them from doing it. But he was a bumbling idiot. So when I was a kid, I didn't get the nuance of it. And then, of course, they made a Pink Panther cartoon. And I was like, this is my fucking jam this, right here. This, this is guy. what oh. I've been waiting for. <laughs> Man, I had no idea what you were talking about. I thought it was just always a Pink Panther. No, the pink the pink panther was a, 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 a quote unquote fictitious famous wow. diamond. That I was when they made panther, it, like, if you want to go back, pink. I think Steve Martin remade the series as well as uh, I forget the the, the title character's right? name. 
Yeah. I mean, they're they're hilarious. It's the bumbling idiot. It's the Mr. Bean. It's like no, no, uh, the, it's the, the 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 Steve Martin ones. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I I think I watched one one time and blocked it out of my brain because I was like, I don't need this in my life ever. Not no no disrespect to Steve Martin. Steve, if you're watching this, what's up, dude? Fucking three amigos was the jam, the jam. Nah, dude, you're already you're already on the list, bro. You're already you got Michael you Jordan are, right now. You think I'm not? Oh no, you already, you already got Michael fucking, Jordan, bro. Yeah, he's gonna score 38 points on me in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Damn it, Nick. The, the real animated, the animated Pink Panther was in the live action movies too, but just like randomly as like transitions and shit. He was, was a also cock in the di- was a cock was it, Wasn't yeah. he also yeah, in the diamond where you, it was like burned in there? That much I don't remember, but I do remember watching it and thinking, "Oh, this is gonna be an animated movie." And so yeah. when I watched it, when I was like three years old, I'm like, this is great. And then it was a bunch of human adults talking. And I'm like, this is not what this I signed up for. This is not great. Yeah. Somebody I, feed me I, a Panther interview and turn on Transformers, the 1986 fucking movie. <laughs> there that you is go, though. 20, it's 30 years old, Tim, or 40 years old. What, how old is it? 30, 35 years old? 34 years old? Way better than anything Michael Bay has ever fucking done. And it was made when I was six years old. This is before we had cordless telephones. We didn't have those back then. No internet. And everyone just fucking had a concept that the world was flat and that you couldn't travel to other continents. That's what we did in the 80s. The Nina, the Pina, Santa Maria. Yeah, Exactly. Mm -hmm. And this movie, first off, let me just shout out a couple things about this movie that stood out. Because I I don't think I've seen this movie for years. I maybe have fired it up a while back when it was like, when when I first had access to it, but I don't think I actually sat and watched it. This shit is dope. We did not deserve this when we were kids. I did not fully grasp the content that they got Orson fucking Wells in his last role to play his dying breaths. His literal dying breaths he used. To record is... He died five days after recording this, Andy. Five Holy days. Shit. Yeah, yeah I, re- I read a piece well, of let, let, me get, let me get you through some it. of the stuff here, Nick. Um, so the, the animation company is the same one that uh, is known for doing early stuff on The Simpsons, Batman, the animated series, X-Men, and Arthur. So it is quite the pedigree here. Um, but here's where things get a little crazy. The budget of the film. The film was budgeted at $6 million, six times greater than the budget used to create 90 minutes of the regular cartoon series. And it so freaking dope. shows. So Nelson Shin's team of almost 100 personnel normally took three months to make one episode of the series. So despite the extra budget, faced considerable time constraints in making the film while also continuing production of the TV series. Um, according to the director, the decisions on which characters to include or kill were entirely made by Hasbro. They created the story using characters that could be best be merchandised for the film. Only with that consideration could I have freedom to change the storyline. Um, he also came up with the concept of the Transformers changing color when they died. When Optimus Prime died, I changed his color from red to blue to gray to show the spirit was gone from his body. So more, I man. can't even imagine being a child watching this. Like I did. It was traumatizing. Yeah. They was killed I with you? Optimus Prime. No. Hmm. I was kind of shocked what I'm that they dropped the, that they said shit. I was yeah, like, the oh, one, I the was... one moment you're like, oh, this is not Excuse just. So here's the thing, guys. There's a reason for it. The only rewrite that Friedman uh, objected to was including the word shit, but the powers that be insisted it be added so the movie would secure a PG rating instead of a G rating, as films rated with the latter didn't play as often in theaters. Oh. That's a smart call. Yeah. Didn't help yeah. them much. Didn't help them much because oh. this film's budgeted at $6 million and its box office was $5.8 million. Fuck. Tough. <laughs> a runtime of an hour and what, 25 minutes what was the highest grossing of that year of 86? 86 i don't know 
Schwarzenegger movie, I would imagine. Probably Commando or some shit like that. Uh, Not all in Schwarzenegger, but speaking of similar realms here, Stan Bush's song, The Touch, which prominently featured in the film. And also, shout out to the fact that they had the balls to play it twice. I fucking love it. Dude, Um, when you have that song, play it every time you want a good moment. But it just doesn't even go with so many of the scenes, though. (laughs) But when it does go, when when it does, like, at the end, it's like, oh, I'm all in. He got the touch, uh, dude. He got the power. This movie is just all over the place. I thought this movie sucked. It's a fucking fever game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me me get in there really quick. I fell asleep three times. It took me... Three times to watch this movie. You guys are out of control. Yesterday, yesterday I started watching it like at two o'clock. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get this done early. Fucking fell asleep. I, I was gonna go put on at seven. Text from Andy being like, hey, I'm gonna start watching this. And I'm like, all right. So, I'll so wait. The, the 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 touch the Stan Bush song uh, was originally written for uh, Sylvester Stallone's film Cobra. Yeah. Which I it's, it's dude, the cover for Cobra is so it's sick. So the VHS. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's is, so cool. And, and by the way, I dare you to try to get all the way through Cobra. It is a fucking boring movie. It's so bad. Um, it's 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 cool, but it's just so fucking long and boring. And Brigitte Nelson can't act. Uh, you know what's funny? I was looking at the guy that did the music for this. Yeah, Vince Ticola, and evidently the, the only other thing I noticed that he had done, and he'd done some movies that I, you know I'm familiar with, but out of that I remember is Rocky Four. Evidently, he did a lot of the yeah. soundtrack for that. Which is pretty cool. His synth shit is unmatched. It's, it's fucking sick as hell, and it just sets the vibe so well. The thing about this movie, Damn. Andy, like I get it, you're fucking right. It's like this movie doesn't make sense and is insane, and there is no context. I think that's the thing that a lot of people that oh, I just don't understand who all these characters are. This movie did some bonkers ass shit where it was the bridge between season two and three of the cartoon and half the characters that are in this movie, this is their debut. Like Hot Rod and Ars- oh, or RC, okay. I guess we saw before, but uh, the, the helicopter, Springer, Blur, like all these characters, they're just fucking brand new characters. And because the cartoon takes place in 1984, this is 2005. They just jumped 20 years. Wait, we didn't get what? Hot Rod, Hot Rod. We got a better hot rod here. Wait, man. Tim, quick question. So, did uh, Spike have a kid? Yeah, not Daniel. Daniel, no, but like, I, yeah, no, this I was his that. debut. Spike was the kid in the original one. Oh, like Spike dude, was like the younger. Like, wasn't he like super young in the original one? Yep. So, yeah, and he was, like, was the adult. Autobot City built? No, that Holy was just the shit, debut. Dude, that's so cool. What? See, here's what I'm here's what I'm saying about impressed by that. I I realize that it's completely bananas, but. What I really respect about it is that they commit to the fact that there is this massive universe out there and that like it's one of the coolest things that I realized on on this viewing is I was like, oh, there's not just one planet of these robots. There is a whole probably solar system of these planets that obviously, duh, if they had evolved over millions of years, would have gone out to these other planets and like, you know, inhabited them. So there's a whole different all these different species of like robotic life forms that are out there that i thought was really really cool and then they take it one step further where they're like unicron's not a fucking planet he's not just a planet he actually transforms too into a robot i'm like this shit is somebody was smoking something that you just can't get anymore tim that shit is no way anymore and the colors and soundtrack of this movie are insane there's about 15 amvs in this movie like (laughs) it's just weird music that doesn't go with any of 
what's happening on the screen and like you've got the time and that's playing and it's like supposed to be super positive but then like when that's playing like optimus is getting his ass whooped in some parts and like there's a part where, you know, when that's playing he's fucking kicking ass no no no, no, no. There's, a, there's a part where like he's shot and he's on the ground oh shit i knocked yeah. my headphone out he's Not on the, the ground. ground yeah no yes there's a no 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 no, no. there's a part where like he's at least beat up it isn't always this triumphant I'm going to win right here moment. Oh, no, he like, there's a part where like he around. punches fucking uh, Megatron and Megatron punches him. And he's on the ground. And meanwhile, <laughs> that's so rocket. It's like, dude, none of this makes sense, man. Like it's so jarring. It's so weird. One shall stand. One it's shall fall for sure. Like, and, and, and obviously like I, I have to, I have to be a little bit more uh, objective than I, than I think I'm capable of because this movie's so nostalgic for me that I'm giving it like 20 more points than it needs to be because of the style, because of the fact that the, that animation in this movie is phenomenal for the time. And it must have cost and taken so long to do. Like, like watch this and then watch an episode of the show where it says it's it's episode of the shows make it makes everything look like it's standing still. Like it's, it, this is like premium animation for the time period. And like they committed to it, and God bless them for it. And man, it bit them in the ass. I can't oh, yeah. fucking imagine. I can't even imagine how, the, how, how what any studio exec was like. Yeah, 80, 1986, six million. That'd be like spending like fifty million dollars on an animated movie right now for a show that just came out the year prior. So it gets like, kind of complicated though, like the budget stuff. I mean, obviously that those numbers are not fucking good. Um, but hasbro was looking at all these as toy commercials like legitimately as marketing so a lot of it came from marketing budget as opposed to just like making a movie budget and it was also tied up in the my little pony movie and the gi joe movie so it was kind of like a concerted effort of them putting out a whole bunch of things at once so again it did it still didn't do what they wished it did but like it it kind of wasn't as much of a massive failure as it's other movies would be well, and it's gone on, of course, to be a cult classic, obviously. Like we I I hold this in very high regard as like an a piece of art from the in a, from the mid eighties that I I still think stands up to a degree today, even though it's very it's dated and it's very stylized. The, but the synth alone, just that that track that plays when Unicron is floating through space and they just keep reusing that shot oh, over and over again. Yeah, some of the tracks just sound straight up like Mega Man. And I like I, I love it, right? There's a lot of great, there's a lot of great moments like that. But then but there like, are w- w- when the Decepticons first board the Autobot ship and kill people and the music doesn't go with anything. And I'm like, because when that's happening, the I thought, wait, they have red eyes. I thought like just with the vibes I'm getting, this should be a cool moment for the, the good guys and the good guys are getting slaughtered and the music just doesn't go at all. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Andy, can you imagine spending two seasons with these characters as a kid? And that's, they, they die. They don't come back. Those characters don't come back. That's the entire cast of the fucking show. But Ultra Magnus comes back. No problem. He, he gets exploded and killed. Also, because they did him fucking fucking dirty. They were just like, but there's a part where Prime's like this. I'm going to give this matrix of leadership to you, Ultra Magnus, but you ain't the guy. And he's like, I, I could be the guy. And he's like, no, you're not the guy. Some I'm other one will guy. come up. Just hold Wait, this. Uh, also, really quick, uh, construction is going on downstairs. I'm sorry for the noise. I will try to keep my mic muted as much it as possible. It sounded like I was cool. about to jackhammer your computer. <laughs> it does sound like at some point there's someone there. below you that's like servicing you with a it's- machine. Um, <laughs> sorry. That was gross. I apologize. Um. I lost my train of thought. 
so my thing is but the talking about the animation and stuff like i the beginning of this movie is so cool because it just sets the tone so well of like there's some dark shit going on this thing's eating planets we don't know what the fuck these weird humanoid robots are they're not transformers there's some other new thing and then when we see the shots of unicron and the animation does this like the the cameras like goes super fast along its side and you just see all the like intricate details of it all and then it eats the planet whatever i hate the sound effects of the chomp Chomp, like, chomp, yeah, that, I'm like, yeah, that was like the kids movie. Sound effects. Yeah, yeah, but that <laughs> happens. It goes off into space, and then you just fucking hear these drums start kicking in, and it's the Transformers theme song in the most epic uh, '80s hair metal uh, rendition possible. So Transformers, Transformers, the movie. Oh my god, it's Dude. so fucking hype. Every movie should do that shit. Every fucking movie should do this. I mean, but again, going dialing it back, one of the reasons why I really respect this movie is like this is during a time where they were like, you know what, kids need to know about death. Let's not let's not hold their hand on this one. Let's kill some fucking people in this. And that was like 80s cartoons. I remember this is one of the reasons why this movie hits with me is that it reminds me a lot of Robotech, not just in style, where like Robotech had that like heavier like a better style of animation, that Japanese style from back in the 80s, but also that they killed off main characters and you were like, "Oh, that Wow, that was a character that I really, really, really was invested in for a kid's show, and he's fucking dead, and they're, he's never coming back. And there's just a – that makes it so much more important for a kid because you're like, oh, there's some real-life, like, real-world consequences to this shit. Um, but I will also give them a shout-out for, like, yeah, it makes sense that you're like, this, this is a, a, a basically one long commercial for the for the toys – because every time a new character comes on screen that you haven't seen in a while, someone goes, hey, Springer, good yeah. to see you. And it's like, all right, they're just trying well, to, like, <laughs> to remind us of the names these fucking toys are. It was the debut of Ultra Magnus. Like, that guy's just here. And we're just played, to be like, oh, played okay. by Robert Stack. Yeah, man. The Unsolved Mysteries guy. And I was like, what? That guy was terrifying when you were a kid. Because he was always the one that was like this. Did they ever find her body? We never know. And I'm like, I'm having nightmares now. This guy's giving it, me fucking nightmares. It was just really interesting because, like, by the time the movie ended, it felt like just a TV episode ended with, you know, on that, on that standing still freeze frame yeah. uh, in space or whatever. But a, a lot of this just, it really felt really kind of mindless and TV show-ish where, like, hey, a, a lot of stuff that's happening I needed to really, really pay attention to to care, <laughs> like that. Well, like it wasn't the, the the plot and everything that was happening character wise just like wasn't grabbing me, and I was like, I need to focus because like I I don't care about what's happening right now. I really need to care about this damn Matrix of leadership. I thought we were gone. I thought I was freed from the Matrix of leadership. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not, and the, the, you're you're you hit the nail kind of on the head, right? Where this movie is very short to begin with, but there's a solid. 45 minutes of it when they're on the the respective planets where like one of them's on the junk planet and the other guys are on the the sharktacons planet and none of that ma- matters yeah it's none of so that weird yeah at all because all the plot is is that he wants the the matrix of leadership and we have to keep it away from him but at no point do they have that second act turning point or that middle point where they lose the matrix and have to get it back i guess actually they do i guess because mm-hmm. galvatron grabs it so yeah i don't know I, I just feel like maybe chain that, around his neck but like, yeah, the, the, the part where they're on the planet and stuff, it reminds me of a, a um, like when TV shows would come out with 15 minute episodes, like it just felt like yeah. a little here's a little adventure, a little side adventure that yeah, so you're, it, you're you may or may not care about. You're <laughs> absolutely right about it, Eddie. And it's just like, look, I, I love this movie. It's not great, but it, for what it is, it's fantastic. And I know that all of that's contradicting. The thing is, like, this was such a improvement on what the actual show was. 
And this set of tone and going to the different planets, introducing the the Quintessons and stuff, like the little the head, the spinning head guys, yeah, yeah, and like the junk planet and all that stuff. It was it blew the world of Transformers up so much that the following seasons were able to do so much cooler things. Before they were just on Earth. And it was flavor of the week, like these humans need help. Let's help them do the sure. shit. And that's it. Season three was a lot cooler where it was dealing with Hot Rod's guilt of Prime being dead and him not thinking he's good enough to be a leader. And it took place almost entirely in space without humans. And they would act with the uh with the Quintessons and all these different like alien planets and stuff. And like it was just so much cooler. All of that being introduced in one movie, there's no way it was gonna work. You know, and it's like that's the thing is to me, the first 25 minutes of this movie are fucking just they feel like the the, the fight on Autobot City feels like its own kind of thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just gets really kind of muddled way too much going on. But then towards the end, they bring it all back. I I mean, I'll admit this is not the best movie ever made, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching it from start to finish. If, if nothing else, just to see all that creativity that went in all these characters and like the, the various worlds that they created. And I was like, you're right. I was blown away by how much bigger this makes the universe feel because i don't hold the original transformers in as high regard as you do tim i don't remember that show being i mean i remember being like this is cool because i want to play with the toys but it's horrible i i don't remember there being any reason for the human i just remember being like why the fuck are the human characters here why are we why are they talking i just wanted to see more of the transformers and to this movie's credit it's all about the transformers and it's Mm -hmm. hot rod story and it's about him kind of being a hot rod and, and doing some shit that's kind of irresponsible and not having that and then having to find what it means to be a leader. But to Andy's point, I wish they would have that story could have I wish instead of them being on the Shark the Con Island and like just immediately getting out of the situation because they're awesome. I wish that had more to do with his B story plot because I think he could have been a little bit more developed. But having said that, the second when he touches the fucking matrix for the first time and the song plays, I'm like, shut the bigger? fuck up, Andy. Shut your mouth. Shut your stupid mouth. Just you know shut what? it. You're right. It's the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Let's get like into the plot. I, I've like immediately. Wait, uh, re- really quick. I just want to chime in before they start construction again downstairs. Uh, the only like the the thing that bothered me the most, aside from the issues with the story, is the scale. Like things just change in scale so often, where it's like <laughs> I didn't realize at one point it, it seems like um, Astro Train, Astro Train, normal size, and then suddenly everyone goes inside him, and it's like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, th- that was always the biggest joke with uh, Megatron was that he's this giant mechan- like uh, robot that's the same size as Prime, and then he transforms into a gun the size of a fucking pistol. And you're like, what? What, what is that? But I tell you one thing right now, Tim. Did you ever have that original Megatron toy? No, but it's, he so actually, the- it actually transformed into a gun that you could yeah, hold in your hand. And I was like, this is awesome. You're Who an 80s that? kid. Being a 90s kid, that shit didn't fly. They turned Megatron oh. into, a, into a bright green tank. Because no, they wouldn't, they looked, couldn't sell. T- gun but toys. the green tank was it looked cool like a too. Luger. It looked like a gun. So I was like, I could rob a convenience store with this toy right now. And then when the cops found me, I transform it back into a robot. I'm like, where's the murder weapon? Where's the weapon? Was it and made of metal, Nick? Oh yeah. I I, I remember it being diecast. Yeah, I don't remember like the the exact way. But there was like it was good. Like they made toys back in the day because they were like, we don't need kids. So if one of the if if you take this and beat your brother over the head with it and kill him, <laughs> like that's dual function, right? Good for your parents. Good for you. They one less mouth to feed. You got the plot, <laughs> Andy. You got the story, ladies and gentlemen. One shall stand, 
one shall fall. And when he says it, it's actually fucking cool. From the distribution company that brought you Conan the Barbarian, we got Transformers the movie by Hasbro and Dino De Laurentiis. God bless that guy. (laughs) He would just put out anything that made him money. We start in space, and this shit is already better, like I said before, than every Michael Bay movie combined, with the exception, of course, of The Rock. There, that gets an asterisk. That movie was fucking dope. A big glowing planet named Unicron heads toward another planet, which looks just like a nice place to visit. And he's sort of like that planet that Glenn Close was on in Guardians of the Galaxy. It just looks idyllic. You know, I mean, yeah. kind of place you want to take a little break, maybe get a little like uh, some sweet potato fries and a soda. Some dark secret, yeah. though, I think. It's yeah. basically the Napa. They were the Xandarians that lived on there. Was the planet called Xander? No, Xandar. it was uh, Lo- it's like Lotharian or something like that. Oh, you're talking about that one from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. No, what was were you talking about? Yeah, what was I talking about? I'm talking about fucking Napa Valley, baby. Uh, pretty <laughs> soon, <laughs> go down. Unicron attacks this place and starts sucking that planet up through its giant giant anus. And if you think it's the last time I wrote that term, oh, you're sorely mistaken. Because this thing comes back. It is a gaping hole that oh, undulates, God. Andy. It undulates. You ever seen two girls, one cup? Pause this video. Nick, there's a couple moments where it prolapses and you're just like, oh, "Oh, Jesus. Also has a sphincter. We'll get to that later. Uh, The fine robots of this planet head to their spaceships to escape and most make it out except for one poor fuck who screams bloody murder as he gets sucked back in to the annals of Unicron's body, uh, which it turns out also has teeth, just like that girl in that movie Teeth. And if you haven't seen that one, Google that as well. That wasn't her bubble. Uh, What's that? No, that was her choo choo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. God damn but it. When you only I, have hate I hate this. I hate him. Kevin, when you only have one hole, <laughs> it has to go for both your butthole and your pleasure. Your butthole. That's right. That's right. Like a starfish. <laughs> that's unfortunate. I like, like, guys, I like so little about him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, uh, we're, we're assuming that, of course, Unicorn is using all of, the, all of these uh, people and the things that he's consumed to do energy because we see him kind of power up. And then uh, I'm assuming he's converting all this stuff to energon as he goes through. And then sure. you get Tim, what I'm now referring to, and everyone has to refer to this, as okay. the ultimate fucking slap. Because as he goes past, you just you hear the guitar and the synth first fire up. Oh and then it just God. fucking hits you. Transformers! Like just first time you do cocaine, Andy. It's Transformers! Just and like they, your hair your hair sticks oh, up. It turns like oh. yellow. You go Super Saiyan. It's just like a different experience. And yeah. you have to imagine that what, what Neil Peart, who the fuck, what's the guy that directed this thing? The, the guy's name. He <laughs> was like, we're going to spend $2 million on original songs for this. And the producers was like, we don't, need, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. And he was like, no, trust me. 40 years from now, giant man children are going to geek out about how awesome this song is. You know what? He was fucking right, Tim. The guy Dude, was, the guy I, was right. I fucking love this song. I love it. Just it does slap. It slaps so hard. I'm unironically, we'll just listen to it in the car. The bass is just it's, fucking it, it's there for you guys. So but yeah, I, seriously, this get, what what are your thoughts on this, Andy? No, I just I never knew that uh that this was a sort of rockified 80s version of the original. Like oh, yeah. upon hearing that. I just always thought that was the original song because knowing yeah. I always knew Transformers robots in this guy. And yeah. I thought when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's the fucking song. Hell yeah. But I didn't know there was like another shittier version of it. Oh. Yeah, the original show was way it was way simpler. It way was just chill, right? It was chill. chill yeah. Just like uh, it yeah. sounded like a shitty car- like Saturday morning cartoon. Okay. Tim, did they did they stick with the original one once season three started? Good question. Every season had a different. Ver- they didn't go back to this. <sighs> season three was like yeah. way more weird, synthy. Shit. The, pro- the problem know. is if you let's put it this way if we started everything off that we do 
with that song, people would immediately be disappointed following like whatever comes afterward. There's no yeah. way that is at 110%. You can't mm-hmm. come up to that. So yeah. Andy, to answer your question, they probably thought about it, but they were like, no, because people will just be disappointed by everything that comes after. Sure. Um, ladies and gentlemen, back to the plot. It is the year 2005. Woo, the future. And the treacherous Decepticons have, have uh, conquered the Autobots' home planet of Cybertron on a very close moon. Very, very close moons. With we, One would think these moons are so close you could throw something from one, one of the moons to the other moon and then back to Cybertron. That's how close these things are. But the Autobots have appara- are apparently hiding out there in what I have to imagine is plain sight because they built a giant base on. I mean, that's right, Tim. For the children, the naming conventions in this movie are yeah. the best. Kevin, what are the bases called? Moon base uh, moon one, base one and moon, moon base two. two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, okay. how is it that no one saw laser know, beak? Laser beak just laser like beak. recording everything at like fucking these weird ass angles that can only be achieved if he was sitting on their desk. I, don't I had know. to kind of, I had to kind of like think to myself, okay, is that a bad guy or a good guy? <laughs> like, and and I knew, like, I think I'm pretty sure that's the bird from the fucking other Transformers movie, but. He, uh, this seems kind of sinister, but it isn't, it's too obvious. Like how these guys are so advanced. How do they not see this, this damn thing? You know, hey man, it's, if everything around you is a machine, you blend in if you're a machine. Mm. Uh, of course, Laser Beak is going to scout shit out uh, and he finds Ironhide uh, talking with Prime. Ironhide wants to kick some Decepticon ass, but Prime's like, dude, we're get we don't have enough Energon. So what I need you to do is go to Autobot City on Earth and get some Energon cubes so you can, so we can get them back here and power a full scale assault. And then Prime calls Jazz and Bumblebee to see if there's any Decepticon activity in the area and Spike's there too. And man, he is old and kind of surly. Like oh, maybe yeah. we need to get Spike back to around other human beings because he has kind of a bad attitude, which we'll see later. I love um, that he's still with Bumblebee, though. It's great. It's pretty also, cool. Also, how surprising that Bumblebee's just not in this movie. He or has I, yeah. Two lines? Yeah. Well, I think they just were like, let's keep him out of this because we need him for the show, right? They didn't want to like get him. Yeah. If we have him talk, die. he's gonna have to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I guess Ironhide. I lose track of Ironhide here, Tim. So you'll have to you'll have to help me out. But I think he blasts off in the ship toward Earth, right? Mm-hmm. As Laserbeak heads back to report to Megatron, who just immediately emasculates Starscream. Every oh. time he get every point he gets, he's like, "You're a bitch," and Starscream's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you when I can." And that is what they call a dysfunctional relationship, boys and girls. Uh, Laserbeak turns into a tape and hops into Soundwave, who and then he replays what Optimus' orders were. And I I love every time this happens. Because you're like, he could probably just send the signal back. They're all machines, but he's got to get into Soundwave as a tape. And if you ever had those toys, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but they actually turned into a tape, right? Like Laserbeak turned into a tape. That was yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Also, just shout out to the voices, right? Like, I love that there's so much personality in each of these cartoon characters' voices, and like Starscream and Megatron talking to each other. Like, there's there's emotional weight to it because they're bad guys, and it's just it's cool. It's awesome. And I love that the Decept- they, they kept up the Decepticon like dissension in the rank, how they're always sort of backstabbing and they all want like Starscream always wants to kill Megatron because to become leader, even though he knows he doesn't have the stuff. Uh, so, it, of course, it's got to suck to have to turn into the tape player like to that's go got to be the stuff. least glamorous job. He's the communications yeah, officer. Yeah. But like you're a cassette player. <laughs> like, well, yeah, cool but he's got like <laughs> mini warriors. 
He does have yeah, little tiny warriors that he shoots out of his chest. I'm sorry. Where they're stored and his all chest, those warriors are in know. Kevin's next door. Never, <laughs> next door. Uh, so Megatron, of course, and the Decepticons attack the ship headed for Earth as a really generic rock beat that uh, that someone um, I am assuming downloaded from Pond Five plays right behind him. This is one of those like this Pond is not five. you couldn't even get like you couldn't even get a like an LA band. You had to go to like Toronto to get a Canada rock band or some weird shit like that to play this soundtrack. This anyway, is one of my least favorite music cues in the entire movie because it doesn't not, fit. It's shitty. And it's like, right. it. this should be, this is such an emotional moment for little kids watching all their freaking favorite characters die. Cause like, and like the music takes away. Right. Dude, Ironhide, Wheeljack, Prowl, like everyone yeah. one by one, like anyone that's in that's the good. original theme songs intro video, except yeah. for Bumblebee and Jazz dies. This they song, get so unceremoniously killed too. Yeah, he's just the, dead. The it's song playing is totally like the song that would play in the commercial for the toys. Like it's a weird song that just totally doesn't match any vibe at all, and it's it just rocking. And you're kind of like, hell yeah! But my friends are dying. Like the people I like are dying. This isn't cool. Really um, of course, uh, we get the iconic Megatron turning into a gun, which uh, he goes into Starscream, hand, uh, Scar Starscream grabs and uses to kill everyone. Uh, and then Megatron un unloads the plan. And he's like, here's the plan, man. We're going to use the Autobot ship to slip through Earth security and destroy everyone there. Uh, except maybe if you're going to do that, don't blow a giant hole into the side of the ship that can be seen from pretty much <laughs> everywhere. Uh, back on Earth. Hot Rod and Daniel, who is Spike's son, are doing some catch and release uh, fishing, which sounds way dirtier than it is. I don't know why I wrote that. Let's move on. Daniel, um, <laughs> about you know, they're like, oh, my God, the ship's coming in. That's so cool. So Daniel, of course, jumps on his cool hoverboard, which, like every dumb fuck kid, he immediately crashes. So Hot Rod turns into a hot rod, and they head out to, to Lookout Mountain so they can watch the shuttle land. And, man, the music here, if you thought the music before was bad, the music here is fucking awesome. This shit slaps. We're back it to really Slaptown. Welcome back to Slaptown, everyone. Welcome to Slaptown. Have, yourself, yeah, a fucking, have yourself an energy drink because we're going to go up to, again, love the naming conventions in here. What's the mountain called? Uh, what the fuck? I lost it. Oh, God. Lookout Mountain. Look, Lookout Mountain, guys. <laughs> um, anyway, Daniel, of course, uh, Daniel, of course, notices uh, the giant hole on the ship first and he alerts Hot Rod and Hot Rod looks uses his uh, you know, uh, vision to be able to spot that hole where the Decepticons fired into the middle of the fucking thing. And he goes, oh, shit, the Decepticons are there. So he just starts, instead of having a plan, Hot Rod just goes, I'm going to start shooting at these things. And then Megatron and 400 Decepticons just start shooting back at him. They're like, fuck it. We're found out. We found it. We got found out five seconds earlier than we thought we were going to get found out. Let's just destroy everything. Of course, Cup is there as well. And Cup is an old, uh, I guess I'm going to say old soldier. But in this, he's, he's, he's like a war vet. Yeah, he's a war vet. Uh, so he's there too when he comes in to help stuff out. Uh, and let's see. They all come together and they head to uh, the, well, when the Septicons fire back, Hot Rod has to save Daniel's stupid ass from falling to his fucking death. And then Cup comes in to help, and together they head over to Autobot City where Perceptor there and he Perceptor's there. And I always thought Perceptor was the dumbest of all. Like the, the most useless of all of the uh, uh, the Transformers when I was a kid because all he did was turn into a microscope. And I'm like, science is fucking boring. You know what's not boring? Red hot rods with flames on them, Kevin. That's oh, right. Yeah. And a goddamn character named Ultra Magnus. <laughs> That's him. Yeah. Optimus Prime is an awesome name. Yeah. Megatron is an awesome name. Mm -hmm. Galvatron. Come on, dude. So, I mean, aside from sounding like a city in Texas. Galvatron's cool the coolest name. name ever. Yeah. Starscream. Ultimately the coolest name. They named a random character who dies at the end of this and then just is kind of like resurrected, kind of, but no one gives a fuck about. Oh, he's Ultra back. He's a main Magnus. character. Magnus. Yeah. 
So the a fun thing about Ultra Magnus actually is so when you look at him, what do, what does he transform into? Uh, I think a truck, right? Some form of truck. Right. So what's weird about it is he like they later kind of like play it off as if he is a one of those trucks that pull like a, that pull all the other cars, like the broken down cars, oh, like a tow truck, like a like a tow truck, no, but the, the trailer one that has, ones, like, the new ones, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the ones that so, the ones that like are are transferring cars from dealership to dealership, right? Like that time my, exactly. my friend Tyroo moved out here and he put his car on one of those and packed everything he ever uh, owned into it, and so when the guy had to get it off the truck, he had to, like sandwich himself in between pillows and a mattress. It's exactly like that. So Optimus Prime was one of obviously the most popular toys, and they were they could sell it for more because it had the trailer and it had that whole thing. It's Ultra dope. Magnus was legitimately just Optimus Prime sprayed white. That's like awesome. the toy. <laughs> it's the exact same toy, but like the all the weird shit on him, like the the looks like armor is his trailer. That like See, the, this, the tow truck trailer shit. This is just a big old fuck you to jazz. I'm just saying that right now. Because if you're going to have someone lead the, 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 the base on Earth, why wouldn't it be one of your like lead lieutenants like Jazz or Bumblebee or any of those other – or Ironhide? Why, why – fuck you, Ultra Magnus. Where would you come fuck from? Fuck you. What uncle or, or, or you know dad got you this role in this movie or in this organization? You know, he, he looked really cool and his name is fucking dope. He and it's looks- Robert Stack and he sounds awesome. Yep. You know what I mean? Ultra Magnus just kind of sounds like a like a condom, honestly. Yeah, it does. yeah, it does. But I think that yeah. the, he, they came first. He came first. Then, then it was the condom. Well, well so as Ultra Magnus says, yeah. you can come last, and it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, wait, wait, one more thing. This is another time where I have real big problems with scale. Where it looked like what we had six, maybe eight Decepticons going to this like place where you assume there's a whole city of people, but there's like four or five. And like they're Autobots? losing really quick. Yeah. You mean the Autobots? Yeah, yeah. they're very undermanned. In this I just one. I don't but understand. It, Tim, can you explain? I think the idea was that they were spread too thinly between the two moon bases. Why they have two moon bases is beyond me. I'm like consolidate doesn't moon base one. Fuck moon base two. Uh, <laughs> but you assume that was like their forward bases to keep an eye on Cybertron, and they were like Earth being the farthest base a base away. They were like undermanned. That's what I got from it. That's what I'm reading into this night. This 87 minute long cartoon that i loved when i was a kid uh anyway ultra magnus spots him perceptor tells him dude we're out number we got the fuck out of here ultra magnus orders springer and rc to transform uh, uh and while uh, while perceptor radios for prime for reinforcements uh, so here's, go- here's the interesting thing about rc so uh one of the original demands of the transformers toy line and cartoon series was that no female transformers could appear as the toys were marketed strictly to boys. However, the writer thought uh, the, the writer fought hard to include female robots in the Transformers lore, as his daughter was a huge fan of the franchise. This led to the creation of RC, a female Autobot debuting in the movie, as well as a number of other female characters introduced during season two of the show. Ironically, despite being one of the movie's feature characters, no toy of RC was produced. Yeah, but because this is like this Hasbro's is back like, in the day when that. they when they just thought, oh, this is for boys. Only boys are going to like this. And they didn't even come close. Like no one, no genius male marketer over to Hasbro was like, if we just put girl toys out, maybe they'll actually like it too. They're like, oh no, girls can't possibly like robots. Tim, that's not the guy thing. It's completely ridiculous. Was RC banging uh, Hot Rod? Fuck yeah, they were fucking. Huh? She no, banging yeah. Springer. She banging Springer because really? they have a moment. Hot yeah, Rod they have a moment. a moment where it's like, oh shit, they are, they, she's definitely doing stuff with him. Well, I mean, she's the only yeah. girl there, so you have to imagine they're like, Nick, we're going to be a little bit more. Also, do you know really that if you, oh. if you, sorry, if you Google uh, hot, rat, hot Rod, it doesn't take very long hot to rat. see. Hot, there's a, a lot of Ultra Magnus Hot Rod shipping happening, 
and things get very graphic very quickly if you look for it. I get it. Listen, what are you gonna say? I I just love like RC's body style, like the clearly female body style. It reminds me of the uh, uh, the girl Ninja Turtle. I I already forget her name. Yeah, Venus. Yeah, it reminds me of the the girl Ninja Turtle with like the super womanly like shaped body, whatever. But the toy stuff that reminds me. I mean that. Yeah, that sucks that it happened back then, but it still happened like three years ago where they were selling like the Star Wars toys and Ray wasn't even <laughs> one of the offered toys. Yeah. It was like, what? why? Or, or no, it was either Ray from Star Wars or Black Widow from. It was Black Widow. Yeah. It was Black yeah. Widow. There, that's what it was. Yeah. Ridiculous. So anyway, uh, shit starts going down and Blair wants to help. But Ultra Magnus tells him that he's uh, he's arguably the most annoying Transformer and his toys suck and don't sell well. So fuck off and don't come back. Uh, they transform the city and Starscream has to blast his own foot off to get away. But that never comes back. Me- uh, Megatron continues his assault on the city by calling in the Decepticons, which uh, open up a hole big enough for Hot Rod and Cup to roll through. He's like, thanks, man. And then Perceptor gets the Blaster, who I always thought should be called Soundwave and Soundwave should be called Blaster. Because Blaster mm. is much more aggressive. Well, but he a ghetto is a blaster. He is a ghetto blaster. And it's cool shit. But so is Soundwave. Soundwave was a ghetto blaster also. They were yeah, both Soundwave. fucking cool as Soundwave shit. Soundwave is as Scary. Uh, who sends a signal. Of course, Blaster sends a signal out to Optimus on Moonbase 1 as the music fucking shreds at this part. Kind of like, it sounds like they were like, let's get Rush. We can't afford Rush. So who, what can we get? Well, let's get Walk Quickly. Okay, yeah, get the Walk Quickly, man. They're awesome. I wish we could, like, as Nick is telling this, we could just have the soundtrack behind us. God, it's so good. <laughs> you know what but I mean? Like, I you know what? Like, this is the part where the guy's like, uh, guys, I need triple bass pedals for this. I can't double bass pedals is not enough. Mm-hmm. I need a third foot in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Megatron orders Soundwave to jam the transmission, so he shoots out all of the cassettes, which include Rumble, Ravage, Frenzy, and Ratbat, who I did not remember. And they all come and destroy the comm tower and then start fucking up uh, 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 per- uh, Perceptor, who shoots out his, uh, oh, sorry, excuse me. They start fucking up Perceptor, and then uh, Blaster shoots out tapes of his own. Uh, on the other side of the city, Blair and the troops are taking heavy losses. Springer, RC Cup, Hot Rod, and that useless fucking meat sack, Dan. Daniel help to get a launcher <laughs> in place while Megatron orders the, const- the He's useless, man. You're right. Form <laughs> Devastator. And this yes. is awesome. Uh, yes. Springer loads the launcher and shoots some missiles at Devastator, but it's too late because the DCs have already breached the walls. Uh, thankfully, Optimus and his crew arrive at the time. What's that? The Diet mm-hmm. Cokes? Yeah, the DCs. That's what I call them. The Septicons, Diet Cokes. Oh, does, okay. Gotcha. So Blur, the, the blue guy that's really fast, super fucking annoying. But sucks, uh, uh. like he really sucks. But a fun fact about him is his voice is the Micro Machines guy from the commercials. Yeah. Oh. I forget that guy's yeah, name. but so he That's why. John Moshida Jr. Yeah, he was the world record holder for fastest talking. So that's yeah. why he was in it. He was basically gotcha. the originator of um, Tone Def's rap. Exactly. Uh, it's almost like having the uh, the sound effects guy from Police Academy in your movie, where it's like, "Hey, this guy's known for this thing. Watch him do this thing." You know? Yep, exactly. <laughs> but then the director is like, "I don't really want this guy that much in this movie, so he's only going to have two scenes, uh, and he probably should have died." Thank God. Uh, let's see. Optimus and his crew arrive just in time to reinforce the auto reinforce the Autobots. And he sicks the Dinobots on Devastator uh, while he himself turns his attention to Megatron. Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. And we're like, all right, we're getting a little intense here, Optimus. Like, what are you, what are you angling for? Like, we got a lot of us here, a lot of you there. Uh, and then he goes, and then he, he looks down at Megatron. And as he says that, Tim, what starts playing? The Touch by Stan. You got the Touch. 
Mm, mm, mm. He fights his way through a gang of Decepticons so he can confront the man himself, Megatron. And he says, of course, the most iconic line in Transformers history, Megatron, one shall stand, one shall fall. To which Megatron responds. Yeah, yeah, he does. Why throw away your life so recklessly? And then, Fuck, and then yeah, Prime dude. responds, that's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. And then you have to assume <laughs> no, that. No, you. That, 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 <laughs> Sick burn, Optimus. Sick burn. <laughs> Even though really, like, Megatron got the better of him on that one. Because he's like, well, why are you trying to throw your life away, bro? And he's like, fuck, I didn't think about that. Anyway, <laughs> wants to Hold help. On, th- this shot, though, like, as the music plays, it's so, so freaking iconic. And it's just such a great let's fucking go moment. But I love Prime transforming into the truck, going across the bridge. And then as the touch starts kicking up, it, like, just blasts him up. Like, it doesn't Ooh. even make sense. I love the sound design of it. It just looks like he's exploding out of the trailer, transforming in the air, just fucking one hand shooting all the goddamn bad guys. Yeah. Flips on over. It's like, oh my God. It's just that was that was an awesome scene. Like just in terms like I can't imagine being a kid loving the Transformers at that time and then seeing this scene because like even watching it last night, I thought this reminds me of so many of the scenes in the Michael Bay ones that I like where there's cool you know, aerial sort of like sh- uh, midair shots or like cool, like sword slashes like this. This action scene rules, dude. Yeah. Uh, of course, Hot Rod wants to intervene and help his friend Optimus Prime, but Cup pulls him back and tells him that's Prime's fight. Uh, oh, and then God. they get it on. And Megatron uses a lightsaber, which is kind of weird. Uh, and then uh, but but that that knockoff shit can't stop Prime because Prime fucking like Uchimati hit. Uchimata hip throws his ass and then picks up his gun to blast Megatron who begs for mercy as he creeps toward his gun so we get a classic Megatron moment here where he's like don't kill me mercy 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 but really what he's trying to do is buy time so he can get to his own little pistole uh Hot Rod of course sees that and jumps into intercede and Cup's like you dumb fuck what did I tell you Prime's got this but of course him doing that it distracts Prime and allows Megatron to grab the opportunities he seizes the opportunity to shoot Prime in the gut but even that can't stop the motherfucking man because Prime double punches Megatron off a cliff oh my Uh, god dude (laughs) the the way that was animated and shot oh fuck it was cool of course uh, Starscream sees this as his opportunity to just go in and just kick Megatron right in the gut and then he's like well Megatron now now, granted Megatron has just been kicked off a cliff He's in a bad place, but he's not dead yet. And of course, Starscream's like, it's over. We've lost this. Prime's bleeding out upstairs, but we got to go. So he sees this opportunity to seize to, to seize power for the Decepticons. And man, he was like, "We everyone, get, fall back. We got to retreat. Everyone, jam yourself up Astro Train. And this shit was my childhood. This is what I grew up on. And if you want to know why I'm weird, it's because evidently you could just fit 400 people in a tiny little train. That's it's, a train. <laughs> it's a train that turns into into a, a space it's plane a space but like my favorite thing too is that it, it's a train that doesn't need train tracks nope <laughs> it's just fucking it's just going and it's still doing the chugga 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 it's like sound effects it's so stupid like, really it's bizarre. Just, uh, like, can we hurry this up a little bit because a lot of transformers here. there's a lot of autobots here now uh of course with the battle one perceptor analyzes prime's damage but there's nothing that can be done the wounds as it turn out are fatal and he says do not grieve Soon I shall be one with the Matrix. And this is where when I was a kid, I started crying because I was like, they can't kill Optimus Prime because first they killed E.T. And now Optimus Prime, I'm done with movies forever. Uh, Of course, Prime opens up. Simba walks up, dad. Yeah, it's the worst, dude. 
Dude, this fucking Same. this scene, man. It's like because it it it's the moment that it cuts to the room and it, the score. The score of this movie mm-hmm. is so fucking so great good. at like setting tones, and this scene is a perfect example. Like it's so somber, it's scary, and you start seeing like the life forms, and you just hear the beeps, and like even as a kid, like you get this, like you yeah. understand what's going on here, and like all of them around, and like every element just keeps adding. Him fucking turning Greg kills me. Daniel starting to cry. All of it. It's just it's, like it's Superman is dead, man. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so crazy. Cool. Him he turning Greg. Is chest. that the only time that happens with anyone when they die? No, in the they, when they're fighting Iron, when they kill Ironhide and all them, they all like this oh, color too. Know. It's just like more it, there's so much more attention on. I just, turns gray I just think of it. like the gross nature of like when you're dead, you open up your rib cage <laughs> for someone <laughs> to take your heart out. Like it's so weird. It's such a weird so, concept. Do we? So there's a lot of a lot of details here. I want to shout out on the scene. So Prime, of course, offers tells Ultra Magnus he has to take the leadership of leadership, and Ultra Magnus says. I'm not worthy of this. I'm just a soldier. And Prime goes, so was I when I first took this. And then waits a beat and goes, but you're actually, I'm not giving it to you per se. I just want you to kind of hold on to it until someone better comes along. And Ultra Magnus is like, oh, I was like, I was just being humble. Like, I want this fucking thing. And Prime's like, nah, dude, like we all, we both know you're not the fucking guy. Right. Um, and then he's like, well, uh, with his last breath, he looks up, and as he's about to hand this thing off to Ultra Magnus, he says, one day an Autobot shall rise from our ranks and use the power of the Matrix to light our darkest, darkest hour. hour. Holy and, shit. and Magnus is like, I, 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 can, I can do that. And Prime's like, no, again, we already established this. <laughs> you're a fucking useless piece of fucking metal. You, you're not the guy. And, of course, as he goes to you hand it to Ultra stuff. <laughs> you don't have the stuff. Uh, of course, as he goes to hand it, to uh, uh, Ultra Magnus with his last bit of energy. It falls out of his hand, as he says, until that day, till all are one. Uh, but his strength fails him, and the Matrix begins to fall to the ground. Ultra Magnus moves to catch it, but it is, in fact, Hot Rod who saves it from hitting the floor. Uh, and it is an unbelievably beautiful moment, backed up very, very nicely by the amazing score uh, that I assume was done by Vince DiCola. Um, and I just, I love this moment, because it's, it's very subtle with the score. He catches it, and you know, you're like, oh, shit, Hot Rod's the one. Like when I was a kid, I didn't know. I didn't understand setups. So I was like, "Oh, I don't know why this hot rod guy gets so much screen time." But wait, so was hot rod, rod the one, or was it just that he touched it after Optimus and it somehow like synced up with him? Because there's that moment no, later where he's like, "It'll work. I can feel it." It's no, not necessarily that there was a one. It's more about it's all contextual about like rising to the moment and shit. It's so Kevin. Kevin, think about Mark Wahlberg and the sword, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when he pops out the and he talisman, goes, talisman, oh right? God, it's, a, it's a sword. The talisman was a sword. Like that huge moment in that movie. That's big a moment. big pivotal moment here. Yeah. Huge moment. Huge moment. Thanks, Is Andy. For, sword? Thanks, Andy, for killing mm-hmm. everything I love. And reminding <laughs> me that I'm a ridiculous human being who's 40 years old talking about a Transformers movie. It doesn't matter because guess what? Uh, he goes... He gives it to Ultra Magnus, who just clumsily shoves it into his chest. And you're like, motherfucker, this is case in point. You can't There's even get weird... the thing into your chest. You're an Th- idiot. This is so – I always hated this. There's an animation error, too, where he kind of, like, puts it in and, like, pulls it, like, back and forth a bit. Yeah. And it's really yeah. unclear what's exactly happening with him because this thing kind of pulls up. But whatever. We get it. He's put it in his chest. Uh, do they the auto- all have a chest compartment for it? No, just the trucks. I think auto. I think Hot Rod – Where did Hot Rod put it? In his, trunk, in his front trunk. Well, Hot Rod becomes a truck. 
of course he does. I like the uh, I like the later. idea of like like a, an SUV type like conversion vehicle that's like yeah, but like I'm almost a truck. Like I'm kind of a truck, and they're like, like "No, nah, you're not really over. a truck." He's like, "Yeah, but I could take off the bed oh, and like make wait, a truck." <laughs> hot Rod does not become a truck. He becomes like a Hot Rod doesn't become a truck. He becomes like an RV. Yeah, an RV is not a truck. They're different vehicles. Either way, it's a very touching scene because as the Autobots, the Autobots watch. They all gather around and they watch as the spark literally goes out of Optimus's eye, and then he turns gray. And I, I I literally shed a tear for this when I was watching this last night. I was like, the fucking sound cue of just the dun 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 dun. It's like oh, because we didn't get how sad this is. Fuck yep. you guys, man. This shit sparked such controversy and it ah, fucked everything up. Ah. <laughs> Kids were so obviously upset. So many tears. So many angry letters from parents. And it actually changed the G.I. Joe movie. The G.I. Joe movie was going to similarly kill a whole bunch of characters. Yeah. And they're like, we can't do that, guys. Can't do this. The backlash is going to be too strong. That sucks because honestly, it's what made it meaningful. And then when they bring them back, they're like, oh, this, the, there's no rules. I don't care about this anymore. It's like kids should not get what they want. Uh, whether or not they're seven or forty-six, and fucking tweeting out, release the Snyder cut. I digress. When they um, when they released the movie on uh, VHS, at some point, I think it was like the, during the ninety release, the nineteen nineties release. There's a a thing at the end while they're like all like the the freeze frame at the end has a a message that says Optimus Prime will return. That's fucking lame. That's lame. <laughs> Let me tell you one thing. One thing right now. When I was eight years, when I was six years old. I think I was like maybe six, yeah. And my grandma Ronaldo or my grandma Scarpina died. No, yeah, my grandma Ronaldo died. And I was like, Mom, they brought back Optimus. Can Grandma Ronaldo come back? And she goes, No, you dumb fuck kid. Death is death. It's permanent. There's no bringing him back unless you're Ultra Magnus, which is a useless character that never came back anyway. And the episode uh, ended. Come back. Was, was, that a, back. was that a real story, Nick? Did you actually? No, I made that. Up. I totally made that. Up. Uh, I thought no, you were just like the end of the caption, like Grandma will return, like pop no. the end. Yeah, that girl, <laughs> girl, girl, girl all used to beat the shit out of me. So I was between you and me. I was like, I'm kind of, I feel safer now that she's gone. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! I know, it's shit, really personal here. <laughs> there it is. Uh, let's see. Out, of course, Unicron watches this whole thing unfold in the far reaches of space, and then he blows his anus out real hard because he's like, <laughs> my shit's coming. My plan is starting to come to fruition. Uh, and then, of course, in another area of space, Starscream kicks all of the wounded DCs out into space, including uh, Megatron, because they're, I guess, in space, they're too heavy, is how that worked. Uh, and then he that's nominates actually, himself. Nick, that's, that's fucking hilarious, which I never you know I mean? even like, mildly thought of. What, what do you mean, you're too heavy? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Where Wait, are you going to go? Guys, we're, we're too heavy in space. We have buoyancy. We yeah, are in th- space. There's, there's, no, no. there's no there's no <laughs> gravity we're fighting against. That's hella funny. I, I freaking love this scene. Like, I love the the whole idea of, like, hey, it's survival of the fittest. Like, we, we, we need to fight. And then, like, all the busted up ones like, no, like, please don't do that to me. Know, and then so they bad. throw them out. But, like, Starscream holding Megatron's body. And like, I forget the exact words he says, but whatever. Out, he, <laughs> and he just throws him out. It's like, oh, oh, and then Megatron's like, I still function. It's fucking, it's oh, so it's epic. so good, dude. Nice. This uh, movie has really, really fucking cool moments like this. Where it's just like, it's, God, it's so fulfilling to see Starscream fucking tossing him out, being like, all right, bitch, see you later. And then they immediately uh, start fighting. Huh? I, I have a. Can you pull up the the which bot is hot video? Oh like yeah, now, sure. Give me a, a second. good time for oh, a, a little check in from Chloe Naylor. Which bot 
is hot. Which body is hot? Which body is hot? Man, let's just make a song right the hell now. Oh, shit, guys. Right the hell now, dude. For the final episode. <laughs> it's never too late. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Robot Ranking with yours truly, Chloe Naylor, Echo Chloe. Ignore the balloons back there. It was my birthday last week, and my mom went all out. If one of them pops and I scream, I'm sorry. Anyways, we're talking about the 86 movie today. I don't own this one. I should own like a box set of like the entirety of the first series, but I don't because mm -hmm. I'm a fake Transformers fan. Because I don't know anyone that would really absolutely care about uh, tr Transformers. This isn't you even should. all of them. Anyways, my pick for Hot Robot this week is... I can pick Starscream. Can I finally pick Starscream? Yeah, he's pissed. Without, without anybody like yelling at me. I mean, I will get yelled at anyways. But can I pick Starscream? He's not can a Dorito this time. How can I not pick G One Starscream? It, it's great. He's finally here. He actually does shit. Well, he has a bad time, but it's fine. I get to. <laughs> We're winning. We're all winning this week. You love. But he's see hot. It. Thanks everybody for coming on this emotional roller coaster with me, with all of us. This has been a time. Thank and it's well, finally over. Exactly. It is finally over. It's true. Tom, Starscream's like the Tom Hiddleston, right? Where he's like Loki. We're like, oh, what's he up to? What's he up to? But secretly, you're like, I'd bang Loki. Oh, for right? sure. For sure. Wouldn't you bang Loki, Tom Hiddleston? Yeah, even that bad wig. Anyway, uh, out in space. <laughs> Megatron Megatron floats out in space until he is, in, he is found by the one and only Unicron. And he says, I have summoned you here. And Megatron, even though he's on death's door, is like, nobody summons Megatron. To which Unicron fires back. Then it pleases me to be the first. Oh, like, my God. That is the coolest you. fucking thing you could say. Holy it's shit. So dope. It's totally like kind of laughing through it. Where he's like, give me a fu I'm the size of a fucking planet, bro. And you're dead. Anyway, he orders Megatron. He's like, here's what I want you to do. I'm charging you with the duty of destroying the matrix of leadership. Uh, it is the only thing that can stand in my way. And he's like, but I already, he's like, he's like, if you destroy it for me, I will provide you with a new body and new troops and a dope new name and a new voice uh, powered by one only Spock. And he goes, and, and he goes, and nothing, motherfucker, you belong to me now. And then Megatron tries to play some hardball. And then Unicron tells him that it's either accept my terms or you can just proceed on your way to oblivion. Oh my God. Apparently he can open up a porthole to oblivion. <laughs> well, I, I, don't think, I think he was just blasting him. He was like going to yeah, blow him up. But then Megatron's like, it's like when you're buying a car and you're like, oh, the car's like, you know, $30,000, but I'll take, I'll walk out of the door right now for $20,000. Yeah. And the guy just go, he just shows you the fucking door. Yeah. And you're like, damn it. I got to buy this car for 30, What about 28? <laughs> the guy's like oblivion. Anyway, uh, he goes, cool. Well, then I immediately accept your offer because oblivion sounds terrifying. Uh, and that is some cold shit to say to someone. And so Unicron goes, cool. Guess who you're going to be now? And he transforms him into Galvatron. And then he gives him Minion, which I've always wanted Minion. But it always sounds like you have to, if you have Minion, they have to do something illegal. And you know, I can't break the law. Uh, yeah. So he gives him Minion. First off, it's Scorcher, the Tracker, and his Huntsman, the Sweeps. Scourge. Nick. Scourge. I just want to interrupt really quickly uh, about you not breaking the law. Remember when we... We're at that comedy show and and Tim and 
and Tim was just like, Andy and Nick, just go forward, pretend we belong here. And you and I were just like, we don't belong here. We're not in like, we don't have tickets for this correct show. Nope. <laughs> and, we, and we ratted everybody out, Kevin. Yeah. It was the, I felt so bad for everybody. I didn't feel I bad. hate you guys so much. <laughs> oh, a bunch of goddamn cowards. I was so scared. We saw a great show. We saw Jesus Trujillo and Ralphie May's ex-wife, or widow, I should say. And it was a great show. Great she died? Show. Did we see? No, Ralphie May died. Um, she's the widow. Oh, right. Uh, Wait, like a long time ago? What? Ralphie May died. <laughs> I think Rafi may die. I just don't know when he died. Shows the worst. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, this this whole scene, man. Like, as a kid, this scene was one of the ones that I, I enjoyed least of this movie because I liked the characters that they changed, and I liked them less when in their new forms. Like, it's cool that there's new forms and shit, and Galvatron looks cool, but it's not as cool as Megatron, and it changed his character. Like, it wasn't just changing his voice. Like, he's a different person. It sucks. Like, it really sucks. Correct. So he gives Galvatron, of course, a new ship as well. And Galvatron is stoked. Uh, and he is just ripe to go after those Autobots. Uh, and and he, uh, when he speaks, of course, it's no longer Frank Weller. It is – or not Frank Weller. Who's the guy that – yeah, Frank Weller did. Frank the, Welker, uh, yeah. Welker, excuse me. Frank Welker. i got to correct that. Uh, it's none other than Leonard Nimoy himself, which is an awesome pull they got for this. And as a kid, I was like, that's awesome because that's Spock. And I know Spock. Um, his first act – uh, of course, as Galvatron is to go not do what uh, what Unicron wants him to do. His first act is to go exact revenge on Starscream's ass. And oh, so he my God. Starscream's coronation and turns into a massive cannon that kind of looks like... Um, Wait, really quick. Before you, before you keep going, Starscream wearing that fucking crown is some, one of the coolest fucking things ever. He has a cape. They sell a toy of this, the Masterpiece Starscream. I, I want to buy it so, so bad. Fucking bad. It looks so rad. I love him. I love how shit, like how much of a shit he is. And I love that he's like, Megatron, is that you? Here's a hint. And he fucking blows him up. No, first he turns into a like a like a like a douche baster, like one of those things you douche with. And then he shoots he shoots uh, Starscream. And I only imagine that Starscream is like, I don't know what just came out of you, but I don't want to live after this. So of course he disintegrates and turns gray and his uh the crown falls down the stairs. And you think for a second, you're like, oh, Galvatron's gonna take that. And Galvatron's like this, I don't need this shit, and just fuck no, it doesn't matter to me, bro. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I love it, dude. I love it so much. Starscream Ooh. dying was another like really sad thing where it's like, no, I fucking love Starscream. We can't do the show without Starscream. Guess what, guys? He does come back as a ghost, a ghost that keeps fucking with everybody. What? And it's awesome. And then he comes back, Kev, in Beast Wars. That's right. As the ghost. Yep. That's amazing. Uh, over on Moonbase 1, Jazz and Cliffjumper spot Unicron and his massive anus approaching. He starts sucking the base up into him, uh, so they radio back to Earth. Uh, God, so which, much of what you said is horrible. It's true, though. That's how they, that must have been the screen direction. I didn't write this. Someone else did. Uh, they radio back to Earth, uh, which, of course, is in shambles. Uh, Blaster picks up the signal, and Magnus orders them to, to roll out. Uh, they attempt to blast off, uh, or, or, excuse me, uh, Magnus orders uh, Jazz and Cliff Jumper to get the fuck out of that base. And of course, when they attempt to, they're sucked back into Unicron's massive hole. Uh, Bumblebee and Spike, meanwhile, call it into Earth <laughs> Moon Base 2 because apparently these Moon Bases are really close to each other. Uh, and they're like, fuck, this thing's coming for us next. So they set the self destruct sequence on the moon and they bang out. Uh, of course, as Unicron starts to suck that thing right through its metal sphincter, it gets kind of stuck for a second. He's like, oh God, I don't know if this thing into me. We got to push out like you're like, yeah, you're having, I'm, you know? like panic starts to set in, Nick, because you're like, it's like, Will it's I need to call a doctor or like nine one one or something? Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, then someone's like, bear down, bear down, just bear down like you're like you're doing one. And he's yeah, like, bite on this towel, you know. Exactly. But of course, this thing blows up. Uh, to which 
uh, Bumblebee and Spike are like, fuck yeah, dude, we got him. And then when they realized the explosion barely didn't even put a scratch on Unicron, Spike's like, shit, what do we do next? And I watched this. I was like, did he just say shit? That was just really out of place. It was jarring, yeah. It's so jarring. weird. I felt like it was so appropriate. Like, they're fucked. They're about to get... And sure enough, the next second they get, like, sucked in, I'm like, I guess they're dead. They're not. That but. makes sense, but this movie also features chomp-chomp sounds when the robot <laughs> squeezes things. Uh, yeah. let's see. Galvatron, of course, sees that Unicron has destroyed some Cybertronian property, and he's like, bitch, not in my fucking house. Not, not. And then Unicron's like, fuck you, and hits, like, the, the shot collar button on Galvatron. He's like, you are mine. Okay, you understand that? Like, we're gonna we're gonna put this out right now. Uh, back on Earth, Ultra Magnus tells the troops to mobilize. Daniel is worried about his dad. Thankfully, Ultra Magnus tells him that nobody fucking cares about the humans in the story, and that his dad is probably dead. Springer asks the obvious question: What the fuck are we gonna do against that thing that just ate two moons? And then Ultra Magnus replies with probably the matrix of leadership might do something i don't know i have no confidence in myself since prime fucking utterly emasculated me in front of everyone but hot rod is like i have a feeling it's gonna work and everyone's like how do you know that and he goes because we don't have any more money for plot in this so just go with it similar how john boyega was like i think that ship is the one that has the navigation buoy on it and everyone's like how and he goes because i have the force but we never really set that up i digress Mm -hmm. they hinted at it poorly everyone tries to get the dinobots on board uh because they have to escape into, and then they escape into space out in space cup tells the dinobots a story which is cut short when galvatron ship catches up to them galvatron shoots a barrage of missiles at them which they elude by inverting polarities or some shit like that uh galvatron sends cytronus at them who fucks up their ship real bad causing them cyclonus. to crash cyclonus thank you I cool think. name like if you start a, if you start off a character name with the word psi i'm in yeah do, right. you, do you think they have any That's weird thick ass character too do you think they have any weird feelings about being inside one another? Because like Megatron or Galvatron flies inside Armada, is that right? Yeah, I like the I like where we're going with this, Kevin. You know, well they all they also flew inside of Astro Train. He was more than happy to pack as many people as possible. <laughs> oh, God <laughs> damn, dude. Oh no, it was a little too much. How do I get this out of me? Uh, we're too heavy for space, guys. Yeah, right. Like this is the first time you've taken more than you can uh, you can hold in that little chamber of yours. Anywho, uh, on the other ship, Springer. Oh, my God, that little (laughs) chamber of yours. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. We're firing it up. Let's keep it going. Uh, Let's see. On the other ship, Springer and Magnus figure out the only way they can get away is to jettison the back half of uh, to trick of the ship to trick Galvatron into thinking he destroyed them in the Matrix in tow. Uh, But Unicron knows better. He recalls Galvatron all the way across the universe uh, while Ultra Magnus' ship looks for a place to set down for repairs. Perceptor, of course, finds the planet of junk, which is nearby, so they set down there. Meanwhile, Hot Rod is trapped uh, in this living nightmare underwater where he's being attacked by uh, giant shark robots while Cup is being strangled to death by an octopus. He breaks Cup free by the other, uh, but the other older soldier is in rough shape and he's like, you gotta rebuild me. He's like, all right. So Hot Rod gathers his pieces and takes him up to the shore to fix him. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the Autobots Crash land on the junk planet, and I gotta appreciate the naming conventions of this movie because when you're a kid, you're like junk planet. Got it. We don't need to got call it anything else. Junk. Oh, we planet. need to know. Uh, uh, before we move on, Nick. Yeah. I, I want to tell you about our sponsors for the Ooh, day. Who are okay. they? Um, first off, we are sponsored by Manscaped. Ooh. You know, here's the thing, man. You need to start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally 
a thing of the past. No more cuts and nicks with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you can keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. I've been using it. I've been very fresh, very clean down there thanks to Manscaped and their, their new technologies. One of my favorite features is the LED light. It illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. It's one of those things you'd never realize um, that the visibility is never quite what you want it to be down there. And this LED light, Kev, it's helped me a lot. Okay? Good. I'm very excited for you. Yeah. Uh, many people have been like telling me how much they're loving this. I know Blessing's been loving it. This, uh, the Manscaped and Lawnmower 3.0 package, all of that. You guys can try it out for yourselves. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. Uh, your partner, your dick, and your balls will thank you. <laughs> I just can't believe they actually have that in here. <laughs> you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code morning at manscaped.com. Also, I want to give a shout out to ExpressVPN. We all know that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, but there's something that you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. It's very easy to do. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app. You can change your location to wherever you want to go, and you get a whole new library of content. It doesn't just work for Netflix either. It works for Hulu, for YouTube, any, any video platform. You can do it. It's really cool. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason that you should use ExpressVPN is that it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. You can stream in HD, no problem. If you visit the link right now, expressvpn.com slash morning, you can get an ex- an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash morning. Had people asking, Andy, where could I watch Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. And obviously you need ESPN to watch it or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, if you use ExpressVPN and then use like the Canadian Netflix, they have all of it there already apparently. So you can go, you go watch it now. ExpressVPN.com slash morning. Back to the plot. RC, of course, gives Daniel his father's exosuit so the little bastard can finally be of some use to this plot. And then he just immediately falls down. And you're like, kill him. Kill this child. We don't need him in this. Uh, when they exit the ship they, to find spare parts, they're spotted by Eric Idle, which is awesome. They got him for this. And yeah, Junkions, Python right? guy, Junkions, who look, mm-hmm. uh, who look, you know, they look, they look, they have a specific look to them, Tim. And we're not going to say that that look right now might be slightly inappropriate to have, but back got then, it. that's just the look they went with. We'll just go. There. This these characters were kind of the inspiration for Bumblebee's character in the Michael Bay movies, where they use radio sounds and movies and all that shit to talk with the with the must you, you with the samurai mustache or or, yeah. or the, the yeah you know, this is a, more of a mongolian kind of look right yeah. they look like mongols like invading uh, wait, mongols right now you're like you're like we're okay with that i'm okay with this look that's a cool style and i'm okay with none of them being actually chinese but maybe just do me a favor later don't play what is the equivalent to i think we're turning japanese while they fight no it's not dude it's, this is weird owl music i, I see where you're i see weird where you're coming it does have that okay okay dude their toys were so sick 
They turn into motorcycles. <clears throat> All of this Dude, part in the, the movie, like let's let's compare this movie to a little movie called Avengers Endgame. Like all of this part would be the time traveling stuff in Endgame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like just so useless. Like all of this stuff I just was so bored by. I didn't care about any of this. Huh? When they danced, Andy. You loved it, Tim. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Really loved it. I had to to record that and make a gif out of it because I was like, this is uh, this is awful. (laughs) This is Uh, terrible. (laughs) I I did want to just make a point to to say that while I did not understand how it ended and how uh, what Hot Rod was just like? Oh, e- everything's cool. I'm gonna say this thing, and everyone's just Ali, friends. Ali, Ali, Ninny Bomb, dude. It's the yeah. universal. Sure. Universal yeah. But what I fucking loved is the chase scene where they kept like crashing, and then the motorcycle would turn into the dude, and the dude would turn into a motorcycle, and they would just switch. Yeah, that was fucking like, wild. What, what they what they should have said was like. The, the animator should have been like, look, we can get this movie done a lot faster if we don't do this dance scene. <laughs> like, this is going to require a lot of resources to animate. And also, why do we have a dance scene? You know, that should have been. I mean, like, I, I hated this as a priority. Yeah. Like, this is, it's dumb. Anyway, um, let's see. They Anywho. Course, uh, back over on the other channel, or the other channel, excuse me, the other planet. Hot Rod finishes repairs to Cup, and the two head out uh, to find their way off the planet until they encounter the Sharktacons again, who uh, Cup tries to be friends by using the universal greeting tim there it is which seems to work until the duo runs out of uh good snacks to offer at which point the guards turn back into sharks and capture the autobots they pass hot rod and cup by the imperial magistrate who seems to run his court like scarecrow did in uh, dark knight rises uh when they reach the cell they meet krennix the lone survivor of lithon uh, which is the planet we saw unicron destroy destroy over in act one kevin doing (laughs) I asked Paula to bring me a small bowl of the Jesus, but she wouldn't. <laughs> Dude, this scene scared Instead, the fuck out of me. She insisted on feeding them to me. Um, but she didn't realize for- I was on camera. <laughs> Jesus, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a battle, Kevin. It's a battle in progress. Uh, he tells them, of course, that they're off the world of savage Sharktacons and their cruel masters, the Quintessons, uh, who apparently just really like torturing people and throwing them into pits of Sharktacons where they get eaten alive. Uh, before they can catch up more, of course, the guards come back and haul Kranix away for sentencing, which it seems always has the same result. Uh, though proven innocent, he is gay. He is fed to the Sharktacons because, Tim, they hungry. Uh, they the hungry. Dinobots, of course, are also on this planet and they're searching for Hot Rod and Cup until they come across Wheelie, who takes them in the right direction. Uh, Wheelie, another annoying character, just like Blair. Those are the two that I hated most when I watched this when I was a kid. Back in space, Unicron has brought Galvatron all the way back to him to tell him he fucked up. Ultra Magnus is still alive, and he's on the planet of junk. Uh, along with the, the Matrix, you got to go there, and you got to destroy both of them. And then Galvatron tells him, hey, I totally understand this feedback. I appreciate it, boss. We're still working on our relationship here. But next time you have a message for me, just fucking text me. I was five feet away from the planet of junk. You brought me all the way back to you to tell me this, and now I got to go all the way back there. Now, granted, we can get from Earth to Moon Base 1 or whatever the fuck in about two seconds, so it's not that big of a deal. But, like, hit, holler at your boy. We got a working relationship here. It's got to be a two-way street, okay? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then he said, let's see. Uh, oh, the DCs, of course, 
uh, catch up with Ultra Magnus and his gang on the planet of junk. And Daniel learns how to transform for the first time. You're like, oh, he's going to finally do something. He doesn't do shit. Uh, retreating, they head inside while Magnus decides to stay outside uh, and try and figure out how the hell the matrix of leadership works. And then as he fumbles around in it like, an, like a drunk idiot, he says to himself, Prime, you said the matrix would light our darkest hour, but this thing is harder to open than a goddamn pistachio shell. And then to which the ghost of Prime's like, again, for the ninth time, you're not the guy. <laughs> Do you understand me? You're not him. I digress. Uh, then uh, they unceremoniously just kill Ultra Magnus. He just they're like, this guy's easy. And they shoot the shit out of him. And he falls down. And you're supposed to be sad, except you don't really give a shit because his character is lame. Galvatron picks up the Matrix and immediately gets cocky. And he's like, I got this thing. Your ass is mine now, Unicron. Uh, back on the fish planet, Cup and Hot Rod are about to meet their makers. They get dropped into the shark tank. But... What the Sharktacons don't know is that Cup and Hot Rod ain't going out like that bitch Kranix. They turn into cars and start a demolition derby. A fight ensues and the Autobots get overpowered until Wheelie and the Dinobots show up and make robot sushi out of those stupid Sharktacons. Uh, then the Magistrate from High orders the remaining Sharktacons to execute the Autobots. But they're like, yo, these Dinobots are a lot bigger than us. So they're going to be our god now and we're going to kill you. And the Dinobots are like, finally, finally, we're on our right place. As a kid, the this scene scared me so much with the the quintessence because first off, they're creepy as fuck looking and they look so different than anything we've seen. But also the whole like guilty or innocent, innocent, and then they kill them. I was just like, that's not how this is supposed to work. Like yeah. it legit scared me. Then throwing them into the pit and all that stuff. But the way they got out of it, which now it's kind of like whatever, stupid. But when you're a kid and you're like, what? How, like there was real fear at this point. Anyone could die. They could just kill. Yeah. They could have killed Hot Rod, and I was attached to him at this point. He had fucking flames, so he was cool. But no. when they turn into cars and start just spinning around, creating like a whirlpool, nothing's cooler than a fucking whirlpool when you're five years old. Scary. This was awesome. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, of course, uh, let's see. Uh, what I like also about it is they make a quick line where they're like, they don't know we can transform. Because the other, I guess, Kranich and the other, the, or Kranich's the other robots that they have tortured in this thing only have one form but they didn't realize that hot rod could form into a fucking firebird or whatever he was and just wreck some shit uh let's see once saved, Wheelie points out uh, to them that there's a ship uh, so they can get off this rock and they bang out. Back on the junk planet, the remaining Autobots find some smoldering remains of Ultra Magnus. And to add insult to injury, Eric Idol's uh, gang ambushes them uh, as that song plays behind them. And, uh, you know, it's a song. It is a song. It was a choice that they chose to put in Weird there. Weird Al, dude. Multiple Weird Al songs. Good. At first, I thought it was the beef. Care to be stupid. Uh, of course, the Junkions, it turns out, are pretty indestructible because they can keep getting knocked out, but they just rebuild themselves with the junk around them uh, and spy, until Spike knocks one of them out with a girder uh, so everyone stops fighting, of course, because Hot Rod's ship lands and he uses the universal greeting uh, to uh, and treats to befriend the Junkions. And everyone dances and as that just incredibly racist song plays behind them for a very, very long time, <laughs> almost as if to say we've learned nothing from the 80s. We've learned nothing. Uh, the, the, of course, I the guarantee you are the only person in the universe that <laughs> associates that song with racism. But you know what, Nick? I'll take it. I go with it, man, because I'm progressive, <laughs> guys. And Al <laughs> here. Kill, kill, Flork, kilometers so. Davis in the chat says, I've never seen this, and it doesn't even sound real. <laughs> it's so funny uh let's see the let's see the junkions okay yeah so the junkions learned of course to talk through tv sort of like how bumblebee used to with the radio uh, and everyone and everyone realized how annoying that is uh the junkions of course repair ultra magnus and i ask yet again can any of these things really ever truly die um Everyone agrees that the next move is to take the fight to Unicron. So they take, uh, I guess the, the character's name is Rek, Rekgar's ship. Rekgar, yeah. Uh, 
which is a big old jump ship. Uh, back at Unicron, uh, Galvatron threatens uh, the big old beast with the Matrix, which he now wears, uh, uh, you know, on a pimp chain on his neck. Uh, but he can't open that shit either. And it's called the Matrix of Leadership, Galvatron, not the Matrix of Extortion, because he's trying to fucking extort Unicron. And Unicron's like, you don't know shit. You underestimate me, Galvatron. Is what he it's said. It's a war crime right there. Nick. Exactly. It's a war crime. And then Unicron shows Galvatron's ass who's boss by transforming into a massive robot. And it's at this point that I was watching this, and I'm like nothing's off limits this is so cool this is so fucking cool um of course for a time he says i considered sparing cybertron but now you shall witness its disembarkment no oh dismemberment that's what i i I spelled that word wrong uh which is some hard shit to say to a motherfucker about their own planet he attacks cybertron of course and just starts like ripping it apart (laughs) as the decepticons launch a counterattack, which seems pretty futile uh galvatron turns into the butt plug again and tries to blast out galvat unicron's eye but that, but it does nothing, and the uh, Unicron just picks it up, and eats him like a bug. Uh, the Autobots and Junkions arrive and immediately atta- get attacked by Unicron until Hot Rod stabs the ship through Unicron's right eye or left eye. Once inside, they're attacked by what I assume is Unicron's like uh, like uh, T cells. You know, is like his own yeah. little like, uh, red blood cell cells that can attack things. Uh, they're massive tentacles with pincers at the end. Hot Rod runs into Megatron. Who uh, still holds onto the Matrix, and he tries to ally himself with Hot Rod, um, ally himself with Hot Rod, but Unicron holds onto his hold on him is too strong, and he like tortures him with that red stuff, and he's like, "Fuck, you gotta kill him." So he forces Gal to attack Hot Rod. Uh, outside, the Dinobots start attacking Unicron, but even they can't barely make a dent in this thing. Inside, the team runs into uh, the heart of Unicron until Daniel's stupid ass falls down and gets overrun by pincers. Um, RC blasts the wall in a wave of blue gooey stuff, and I'm not gonna say. What kind of stuff that was? I'm glad you're not. I'm glad you're not going to say it, Nick. I'm glad you're not. Say what this could have been, Tim. Okay, it's possible they were near Unicron's gonads. Is all I'll say. It is possible. Uh, I've never heard you use the word gonads, (laughs) and now it's gonna. I'm gonna use it all the time, Andy. I'm (laughs) predator tonight. We'll shoot some gonads off those fucking (laughs) beasts. Daniel, of course, spots his father high up above, who is about to get dropped into a vat of acid, and and his dad looks down and goes, "God damn it." Why couldn't it have been my other son? Because this kid is an idiot. Yeah, this kid's a stupid son. idiot. Yeah. And Daniel's like, I don't know how to help. And he's like, you're in a fucking exosuit that has cannons for arms, you dumb shit kid. Shoot the thing. And Daniel's like, fine. So he finally pulls his head out of his ass and blasts the door shut on the acid vat, saving himself, uh, his father. And I think Jazz and some of the Autobots. His father, Bumblebee, and Jazz. Yeah. Again, as a fucking kid, Jazz and Bumblebee were my two favorites. And it's like... You're are you about to fucking acid drop them? No, dude, no. And then there's that moment where like he doesn't know, and you see Daniel kind of like wince because he thinks they all just fucking died. Yeah. I also I also love that they're like, uh, yeah, Daniel should be able to fit into his into that suit perfectly, and like sure enough, he did. Even though like there's a pretty big age gap between <laughs> between Daniel these two human beings. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Hot Rod is still duking it out over with Galvatron and his big old pimp chain. But the Autobot is unfortunately no match for Galvatron's power, who says first Prime, then Ultra Magnus, and now you. It's a pity you Autobots die so easily, or I might have a sense of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And as he starts to strangle uh, Hot Rod to death, Hot Rod, of course, looks into deep into the Matrix of Leadership as the song plays one more time. and he reaches out and he grabs it and as he touches it this time we hear optimus prime's words arise rodimus prime and when i I had to replay this three times i was like this is 
I mean, granted, I've only lived on this planet for six years at this point, Andy, but I'm like, nothing will ever be cooler than this. Nothing will top nothing. this moment. And nothing has. Remember, <laughs> nothing that time, has. remember that time when Captain America used Thor's hammer and everyone's like, I knew you could do it. Close. Close. Yeah. Close. But Dude, real talk. I mean, talking about the success of this movie being a fucking toy commercial and getting kids hyped up. They introduce Hot Rod, which is just like the coolest guy. Like, here's this young, hot, like fun teenager that has flames on him, right? That's super cool. And then they give him the upgrade in the movie. <laughs> it's movie. just like they're like, Oh, you think he's cool? No, he's cooler than you think. Fucking awesome. Yeah, this scene, I love this scene so much because it's a hype moment where he goes, Arise, Artemis, uh, Rodimus Prime, followed by a very odd moment where Hot Rod just whispers to himself, Optimus. Looks <laughs> 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 weird. It's so weird. And of course, Hot Rod uh, transforms into Rodimus Prime. He gets bigger and then he fucking hands Galvatron his ass and he says, now light our darkest hour as he opens the Matrix oh with sound of at least, Tim, three lightsabers. Not one, not two, but three lightsabers <laughs> yeah. is what it took to sound this, to make this thing sound awesome. And the awesome power blows Unicron up from the inside out uh, as the world around them collapses, of course. Springer, Spike, and the team run into Rodimus Prime, who proudly orders them for the first time to roll out, uh, which they do through Unicorn's other good eye, which is so So, so like, we could have gone through the one that already has a hole in it. Nah. Nah, (laughs) fuck it. So uh, a fact for you here, Nick, is shortly before he died, um, Orson Welles told his biographer, you know what I did this morning? I played the voice of a toy. I play a planet. I menace somebody called something or other. Then I'm destroyed. My plan to destroy whoever it is is thwarted, and I tear myself apart on the screen. Yep. It's pretty accurate, Orson. Thank you. Um, And then, of course, uh, as they bang out of his other eye, Unicorn shouts, you cannot destroy my destiny, but it turns out you can, because he just blows up in a very magnificent fashion. Uh, And then we go, a little time passes, and we're back down on Cybertron, where Rodimus is addressing his troops for the first time. He says, let this mark the end of the Cybertronian Wars as we march forward to a new age of peace and happiness till all are one. And then the rest of the Autobots, of course, echo that sentiment with glee, and they scream, till all are one. And the words reverberate into space as we pull out and see one final time the massive head of Unicron orbiting high above them. And we freak. And then what happens? And the fucking ultimate slap happens one more they time. bring it back again. <laughs> you can't have that. Because you imagine like this. You know what they're editing? They're like, I got to hear it one more time, guys. Can we just hear what it sounds we, like? We just got to <laughs> fucking put it in. <laughs> Done. I just, the fact that the Transformers theme and the touch both played twice is just so ridiculous. Dude, you got it. You got it, man. It's like the, it's like when they figured out that the best part of the original Transformers was going to be that Linkin Park song, so they just kept playing it all the way through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love it so much. There it is. So damn syllables uh, in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku, haiku in, in review. review. Haiku, haiku in, in review. review. Let's see. What do we got here, guys? Dun, dun, John Latrina <laughs> says that voice cast is stacked. Put that soundtrack on repeat. Grimlock, no bozo. I like what you did there. Robert stacked. He is, yeah. Robert stacked. I don't know if they did that. I think you did that, Nick. (laughs) Engine 25 says, everything's his fault. Hot Rod ruined my childhood, and I still blame him. How? He's awesome. 
Kevin W says this movie is corny. It's dripping in eighties. One ring to rule soon. And Blackjack, uh, he, he wrote too. The feels are so real. Before Gun Megatron, Neil, eighty synth appeal, and nostalgia at max. No human crap to distract. This gem straight up slaps. Not bad. He says, I'm sorry for writing for writing too, Tim, but my inner kid was having so much fun after being beaten down by Michael Bay for so long. This was such a breath of fresh air. I love you guys. I love you too, Blackjack. I love you too, too, Blackjack. Ragu bagu, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys here on Transformers in Review. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino, alongside the man, the myth, the legend, the big dog, Kevin Coelho. Give us a roof. Uh, The second best baby blue eyes, Forbes 30 under 30, and a man who will forever be taller than me, Mr. Tim Gettys. And El Mariachi himself, Andy Cortez, over there with his badass guitar and his cool little peep. These strings are already making my fingers smell like just ass. Like, ugh, it's the worst. I don't want to know why. Why do you have so many strings? Guitar string because guitar. I have my hands here, and I was like, I got a whiff, and I was like, ah, they're already at that point where they're like old enough to where they're starting to get really gross and. All right, rusty. Well, uh, number because they're made out of cat guts, and also because all the things you touch on your hands get on the the strings, and also because he rubs them on his butt. Number one, Michael Bay. Shatter and Dropkick. Number two, Michael Bay. Number three, Lockdown, Dr. Fraser Crane and Michael Bay. Number four, Sentient, <laughs> Sentiment Prime is what I wrote here. That's fall. That's fine. <laughs> Sentiment Dreamy Prime. And Michael Bay. Number five, Michael Bay. And number six, Michael Bay and The Fallen. Where do we want to put Unicron and Galvatron? I'll just say Unicron because he's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's awesome, right? He's number one? Number one. He's got to be yeah. number one. Yeah, I it's agree. It's a fucking pl- a bad planet that turns into a bad robot. I mean, some would say he might be a little bit of a ripoff of Galactus, but we're not going to worry about that. No. He actually came first. Did he really? No, no. I don't know. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, number one, Unicron uh, on the list. And no Michael Bay in this, thank God. And that's going to yeah. be Ragu Bagu. Uh, remember, if you guys want to back us on Patreon, uh, you, can, I, 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 you can't take Ragu Bagu anymore, right? You can't have the do – we, do we nix that? No, yeah, we Twitter? make that. Yeah, yeah, you can have Andy's Twitter for a day and tweet whatever you want out. No, he can't. Starts no. Trump for all he cares. He doesn't care. Now it's time to rank the Transformers movies. Currently, number one, Bumblebee. Number two, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Number three, Transformers: Two Thousand Seven. Number four, Transformers: Age of Extinction. Number five, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. And number six, Transformers: The Last Night. Where would we put? Transformers the animated movie. I feel like number two is a good spot. Bumblebee's a like genuinely good movie that I enjoyed to watch. Uh, and then the rest of the movie suck. And this was this at least had a lot of really cool moments where I was like, oh shit. Like they were bold and made cool decisions of like let that's just gonna kill a bunch of people. And it's like that's crazy. I didn't know that they jumped twenty years. That's also a really cool move. I don't know. Uh, real quick, Barrett's uh, right in here says, this movie is weird as hell to watch with absolutely no context from the show, but the animation and music's rad as hell. It makes me wish that I'd gotten high before watching it. It's just the right type of weird. Also, did they say shit in this movie? Calm it down there, guys. This is a kid's cartoon. I'd put it at number three. Only reason it's not higher is because the fast-talking Autobot might be one of the most annoying characters ever. Told you. Nobody likes Blur or Daniel. Or I Blur. would put this underneath uh, the first Transformers movie. Um, I guess this was the first one, but you know what I mean. The first, yeah, so that'd be number four then. One. Yeah, I would put this at number four. Um, I did, this movie just didn't do a whole lot for me aside from like the one or two cool action scenes, but 
everything else, like I understand I had to have been there and I just wasn't there. <laughs> like I don't, I have no nostalgia for this. This doesn't hit on any sort of, Oh, I remember when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. Like I just, it does nothing for me. It's, it's a kid's movie that uh, I'm sure was awesome at the time, but unfortunately for me, that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I, I would agree with Kevin uh, that, that I think this should go either. I, I could, I could argue that this could actually go number one, but I would say probably number two is where it belongs. Bumblebee is a very competent movie and it's a good, it's, it's very watchable from start to finish and it's good acting. But the reason I like this movie specifically is because this is the only movie that's ever been made that has a Transformers name. Well, not the only one, but the one that out, out of this list, the only one that's called Transformers that is literally about the Transformers. And we see yeah. the Transformers as the main characters who have character arcs. And I love Hot Rod. And at that end, at the end, when I was a kid, and even now, I get those chills seeing him become Rodimus Prime and become the leader. And I'm like, this is, I was so sad when I saw this the first time because I was like, that means Optimus is gone. But it was so cool to see someone who uh, like I identified with, who was like this younger character, like getting his comeuppance and becoming the leader. And, and you know, I just thought, I, I, I still love this. I love the style. I love the music. I think it tells a ridiculously banana gonzo story. But if you're going to make a movie about robot aliens that transform into cars, like this is what this should be like. And they committed to that. And I had fun watching this from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't put this in anywhere, but number one, like all the nostalgia and stuff, all that obviously leads it to be number one, but all that aside, I just think that it commits and it, it does so much. Well, it's a kid's movie. It is a kid's movie and it's not a Pixar movie. It's a, it's a, a toy commercial but i feel like it is the coolest toy commercial of all time and that was the goal this movie didn't need to be as good as it is is nope. my thing i feel like it really just succeeds because of the music because of the style because of how weird and quirky it all is and there's so many hype moments that i that still get me and will always get me this movie makes me feel shit bumblebee didn't really do that some there were some rare exceptions but um i do think bumblebee is a better movie but I think that that this one accomplished what it was trying to do, and I I vibe with it a lot more. And obviously, I fucking love this thing, so I'd go number one. I agree with you. I just got swayed. I'll vote number one as well. Also, so now it's time Kevin, to vote, Kevin. Don't be a coward. No, I'm yeah. putting as number two. Number I enjoyed one. Bumblebee so much. If there's Kevin, a Bumblebee two, I'm super excited to watch it. I heard like, that. I heard that Haley Steinfeld talk shit about you, bro. It's true. She, she did. You. We're not friends. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Right, she made fun of Tim's <laughs> what are we gonna do? Um, so here we go. Who thinks it's better than uh, Transformers Five? Raise your hand. We all raise our hand. Who thinks it's better than Transformers Two? Raise your hand. Once again, who thinks it's better than Transformers Four? We all raise our hand. Who thinks it's better than Transformers 1? Andy drops his hand. Who thinks it's better than Transformers 3? I don't even remember any of those. I don't know which ones those <laughs> Dark are. Of the moon. Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon. I'm like, they're all so fucking generically bad. We Hold on. I'm trying. I'm confused about Barrett's. Okay, he put it at number 3, which, yeah. So then who thinks it's better than Bumblebee? So it's just me and nick so that means that the new ranking is uh number one bumblebee number two transformers the movie number this is, this three is job. this is the transformers screw job right here <laughs> number three transformers dark of the moon then transformers then age of extinction then revenge of the fallen and goddamn way at the bottom is the last night ladies and gentlemen we did it we made it through all the transformers movies we know that tim, are more on the way eventually tim the last night was marky mark what? 
<laughs> it was him. It was him, Kev. That's right. That's he right. He was the last night, yeah. I love it so much. Anyways, uh, we'll be back next week with Lord of the Rings. We are doing the extended editions. We are not doing The Hobbit. Uh, Elise will be in it. What are the other questions, Andy? Greg will not be in it. Elise is going to be in his place, in his stead. Um. Yeah, man. Just I'm just I'm psyched already, man. I already started it. I'm Andy, just like, do you want? Do you, would you? Are you so psyched? You want to sit and you want to do the plots for these bad boys, or what's up, dude? What's up? Ah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll listen to you, dude. That's fine. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, you okay. love these movies so much. You probably hey, you already know, what, know them by heart, I'll man. Be, I'll be the co-pilot, Nick. I'll I'll absolutely be the co-pilot. I'm there with you, brother. I like. Okay. I'm doing all the behind the scenes. Also, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited all for right, the series. All right. I cannot wait. But for now, for we're plot. fucking done. It's time for the Ring of Power. Yeah. There we go. That was good. Do I cut or? Yeah, just cut. Oh, Got it. Great.